0: Hey guys, welcome back to the first episode of the year of the Third Period podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Ravens versus the Browns domination at home and previewing the Texans Ravens game this Sunday in Houston. Nate, this Sunday was, you know, it was it was a lot like the Ravens of last year, the Ravens of 2019, absolute domination. Um, It was great to see us win at home versus Baker Mayfield after getting crushed at home last year and our last loss of the regular season. What was the key factor among many for us to win this game? You
1: know like you said I think we picked up right where we left off last year and I think one of the most important things that I saw at least on Sunday was just the progression that Lamar makes. I feel like nearly every player every quarterback in the league is going to say oh well there's always still work to do and like A lot of them don't really mean it, but when Lamar says that, so far in his career, he has meant it. and You can tell that he's been passing the ball a lot over the offseason. He's been working on those outside, long, deep passes. And something that's really interesting is I would say this was my key to them winning was he was 9 for 10 on passes over 10 yards. And he was tied for the most completions of 10 or more yards um, of the week last week. So just obviously – a lot of the things that people were him about, he took to that. He worked on it, and now he's doing so much better.
0: A lot of people were saying the only way Lamar could get better is the way is um, his teammates improving around him. And those guys like Miles Boykin, those receivers that we hadn't really seen step up last year, even Hollywood Brown, who you could see through all his social media, was – working out all off season end up gaining like 20 pounds in the string of like three months. And it showed yesterday. I mean, the receiving core was as dominant as we've seen the Ravens receiving core, maybe ever in a game. I mean, it Mm -hmm. was, it was really well done. Even Willie Sneed, but Lamar really needs that. um, If the Ravens are going to have a strong passing attack, which I think they are going to have to have this year.
1: You know, also I mentioned, it um in our group show yesterday it was kind of a joke but kind of not or at least i'm sorry on sunday when lamar threw a ball away it was honestly you might think that's just any old play but that is progression that is mature that's his maturation honestly like it, i know lamar in his first year he would have tried to force that ball and maybe thrown a pick maybe thrown like a wobbling pass that got tipped at the line but him just going outside of the pocket throwing it away making sure it's not intentional grounding it shows his maturation and like, although that might be a small little thing, it's actually something very interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean, Lamar was pretty much flawless um, on Sunday, other than there was one throw where he tried to fit it behind the secondary and he got really lucky. Cause one of the Browns players um, swatted it away mm-hmm. instead of it, it was, there was a guy standing right behind him that was going to clearly intercept it. But one guy swatted it away, um, but nearly flawless performance from Lamar and what people don't see in this game is we really didn't run the ball well. I mean, we had two rushing touchdowns with J.K. Dobbins, but even him, he had, what, seven carries for 22, 22 yards? yards Ingram. Yeah. yeah, Mark Ingram couldn't get anything going. Gus Edwards not, not doing amazing. I know the Browns offensive line did play really well, but it's interesting He's to playing. see the leading team in NFL history last year in rushing coming off to st- such a slow start.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, obviously, you're right that we did not start off the way we wanted to, at least just with yards per carry, but I do believe that if we had kept following that same path that we did last year, where we just kept on running and kept on running it, we would have broken through. That's not to say that we didn't have a rough day, because I think we did, but it also had to do with the game scheme and what we were trying to do. We were trying to do longer passes, more screens, like we did with DuVernay, and I think Eventually, we probably would have got a run that would have broken off into the secondary, whether that was Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, or um, J.K. Dobbins. I think they can all do it, but it is something that we need to watch if it it continues or persists to be an issue.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing um, a growth in Mark Andrews' Lamar's security blanket right now. I mean, the catch he made on the first drive for the Ravens of the game was just –
1: no one else would have made that play.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was it was crazy. I mean, he completely bailed out Lamar. It was not a great throw, mm-hmm. um, but you know that was that was probably Lamar's worst pass of the game, and it was a touchdown. That's yeah, pretty but, ironic. Yeah, His worst uh, pass
1: of the game is a touchdown.
0: Yeah, and it, it's worked. It, it it worked. I mean, the offense is looking pretty similar to the way it did last year. Um, to Maybe just a little more passing, and that moves us onto the defensive side of the ball, where the Ravens had quite a few changes. In both the secondary and the front seven, where guys like Colias Camp, Campbell, and Derek Wolfe were added, Colias Campbell monster game, by the way. He had yeah. that. He had a great first drive and was clear in stuffing the run for us.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think also additionally, Tavon Young is back, who was playing slot corner this year. So Jimmy Smith is actually going to play a little bit of safety, a little bit just as a fourth corner. But Tavon Young had a pretty good game overall I think he had one penalty against him for holding but besides that he had a good game and then just obviously Marlon Humphrey already has an interception Marcus Peters was pretty locked down he had blocked like he was batting the ball down against Odell locked up Odell all day but it's to me it's kind of hard to see exactly where our defense is at this point obviously they had a really good day on Sunday but we also know that the Browns are the Browns and Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield and he makes a lot of mistakes a lot of mental errors and although they have a very talented offense, they haven't really put things together yet. So although it was a positive game and like the defense played well, we, ha- it'll be a lot more of a test next week.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really evident. I mean, Baker, if he doesn't have a good season this year, he's, people are going to start calling him a bust. I mean, he had a good year mm-hmm. rookie year, very solid rookie year, but hasn't been able to really produce since then. I mean, in that, and his he has he has all the weapons around him. You can say what you want about Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold has nothing around him. The Jets have done nothing to build an offense around him. Baker Mayfield has two probably top 10 running backs, if not top nah, may, maybe no, not no. Top, top 5. Top, 10, top, top 10, 10, 10 running backs on his team, and he's got two really good wide receivers. But that chemistry with OBJ is not there. They've had the time I, I honestly, if I were the Browns, I'd be looking to use OBJ as a trade piece right now. He seems to have something with Jarvis, but that's just yeah. what I'm
1: seeing from the Browns' office. There's two other things I wanted to mention from the game. Um, each on one side of the special teams, James Prochet overall didn't fumble the ball. That's a positive for the Ravens. Yes, return. but there was there was a lot of there was there. one there was one where he should have fair caught and he should have made a play on it. It rolled down to the one, but you know. For me, if, if we're not Cyrus Jones and not fumbling the ball, we're, we're doing well. It's a good point. And then, uh, although he's a Gillen alumni, respect to him. But also um, on the other side of the ball, LJ Fort, when the Browns tried to do a fake punt, I mean, amazing play. He, there was a blocker completely on him, throws the blocker to the side, and just destroys the kicker. I don't know what they Scottish call him. Scottish
0: Hammer. Irish. Jamie Gillen. What is the name? Jamie Gillen, nicknamed the Scottish Hammer.
1: The Scottish Hammer, that's what it was. And he just he, he hammered the hammer he did
0: hammer the hammer and um one of the things i i always like to talk about going into a football game is who's commentating and i think i i honestly after watching Iron eagle i i like Iron eagle personally i think he has something to rival against jim nance you know hearing jim nance's voice you know it's it's a classic but after a while, it does get old. I mean, you're, you're going to hear him during football season. You're going to hear him during, for a lot during the Masters. I love Tony Romo. I love what he does. Um, but Iron Eagle, you know, he's throwing it up there. I mean, I, I personally, my favorite guy is Gus Johnson. He does the Big 12 uh, college football. But, you know, I may be taking and Eagle over Jim Nance right now.
1: I, I don't know about that, but I do know that I, I would like to talk about the Ravens next week against the Texans. Do you have the line for that game? The line is six and a half towards the Ravens, so that's going to be.
0: It's it's really more nine and a half um, since they're regarding in home field. Um, I don't I don't know like like maybe the Chiefs and Jags are probably the only team that you can actually. They're the only team that has fans in the stadium. So those. There's are the actually only teams.
1: it's a weird little thing they got going. Denver has fans, but it's only personal people who are actually invited by players of either team. So they had around I think like 500 people there which yeah I like weird. that I like that rule
0: yeah. I like that I think it's a good medium um, I think that family members should be able to come to the games and you know if you're only having 500 people in a 700 in a no not 700 but 70,000 seat stadium I think you're 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 playing your cards pretty right rather than 17,000 um, but the Ravens last year against Deshaun Watson, you know, it was supposed it was a very hyped up game. It was great, and Nate, I remember watching this at your house. But it was not even close. It, it was, was at it was at the bank. Um, it was it was it was just not it was not a great game. I mean, they, they and just... It was
1: actually one of the few games where Ravens had defensive pressure on Deshaun Watson. I know last year we struggled a lot with that, but we were all over him the entire day. And now that the defense is so much more talented on the de- front seven. I mean, if we could I think that's the key of the game. If we can get that pressure, then I think we win the game. Cause no doubt our corners can match up with them without especially without DeAndre Hopkins. Will yep. Fuller is now their number one option. Randall Cobb, I think, did not even get a pass last week. If I'm I might be wrong, maybe one, but he was supposed to be a huge addition to their team. He got nothing last week against the Chiefs. So I know our defense can match up with their offense.
0: I don't I don't really know what the Texans really have going for them. Like they have JJ Watt, who is who is not what he not anything what he used to be be. um and deshaun watson's great and all top 10 quarterback for sure but i i just don't i really do not see this being a very competitive game i see the ravens probably winning by like 17 not quite the 34 that they did last year but i'd say you know a solid maybe 28 to 28 to 10 win over the texans i like that score
1: yeah, I I would say something similar to that. I also think it's important to point out that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran all over them last week. So I will, I would not be surprised if the Ravens uh, running game picks up this week against the Texans, although they have J.J. Watt and they have some good defensive players. You can clearly see that even a rookie can run all over their, their defense. So I, I think we probably get into the 30s again. I would say either 31 or 34 to I would say 10
0: thirty four to ten I
1: would go with it 's got to be dominant
0: i I, I think you 're right. I mean the ravens haven 't really uh, skipped a step since last year they 've you know shown signs that they are equal to what they were, which is really impressive um, and i think if honestly, if they get through these next two weeks on skate they got the chiefs in week three. I think that you can actually start visualizing a team that could possibly go 16-0. And, you know, the playoffs, we'll probably lose again in the first round. Um, but it would be it would be cool to see. I mean, it would actually be terrible to see if we went 16-0 and and lost in the playoffs. Because um, I know that that's really the one thing that Lamar is holding on to right now.
1: Yeah. And um, I think one other thing we forgot to mention is the addition of david johnson we didn't really know what he would be going into this season but when the now that the texans have him and we saw what he did against kansas city he looks i'm not going to say the same player that he was when he when he was the the dominant running back i think was 2016 i I, i'm not really sure It it was around there but i'm not saying he's that running back but he's definitely a lot better than we saw in previous like the recent years and we got to watch out for him. We know that Ravens have struggled against some really good backs, Nick Chubb last year, Derrick Henry obviously last year's. and I'm not saying that David Johnson's as good as Derrick Henry, but it's something we need to be mindful of.
0: Yeah, um, I, I agree. And I, and I think if we look ahead in our schedule, we obviously have to play each AFC North team twice. And, you know, we, we got a glimpse of the Browns. I don't think they're going to be very competitive this year. We got a glimpse of the Bengals and losing to San Diego. I don't think they're going to be Although, that good this year. Burrow will I mean, improve.
1: Burrow did not play terribly. In that. I'm not saying no. he's an all-star in that game, but his two-minute drill was impressive. Randy Bullock just – I don't even know what to say. He, he faked an injury somehow and, like, missed the field goal just terribly. But,
0: I think both the Bengals and Browns will be around the six and ten mark, but I, I really, personally, I think the Steelers can compete for first in the division. I'm not sure they will get it, but I think they can definitely compete um, because their defense is so good. I mean, TJ Watt is an absolute freak. Minka
1: Fitzpatrick.
0: Minka, yeah, he's 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 something. He <laughs> he didn't have a great game last night, or the the plays that I watched. Um, but i know Steelers fans love minka like nobody else um, <laughs> but I, I could see like a, a 13 and three 12 and four scenario where the Steelers kind of get screwed with the fifth seed going 12 and four um, but I, I i can see uh, i could see a scenario where the Steelers could really make a run at the Ravens in this division
1: yeah I, I, I wouldn't go as far as 12 and four but i think 11 and five is probably their ceiling for me i think just but the struggles they're having at running back where James Conner's already hurt again and they have uh, Benny Snell or something like yeah, it's really yeah. just they've had issues in the last year or so with James Conner getting hurt and James Conner not performing well and I think there lies the main difference between us and them like we just we have on offense a player at every position maybe even two at every single position that are just in my opinion comparable or better than the players on the Steelers I know that Juju had a good night last night, but last year he was very iffy. So, you know, I think they could go up like 11 and 5, but I would put that as their ceiling.
0: Yeah, I I I could definitely see that being a ceiling. I I just I I really like the defense they have up there in Pittsburgh. Um, but I It's one of those things where I I really think it's just going to come down to the Chiefs and Ravens, and the Ravens may not even get to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship if they just keep losing in the first round, Um, but hopefully that's not the case. It seems like when Lamar has a really big chip on his shoulder, he likes to get rid of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was was an interesting week of football, honestly. Like, um, what was interesting to me, this last point I want to bring up, is that only one running back, only one person – had over 100 rushing yards and this is one thing I've I've been talking about for a little little bit and it was Clyde edwards alaire in the yeah. first game um, and I really don't think running back a running back is a very vital position in an offense considering when you have the best teams in the league when you look at the best teams in the league they're you know they don't have a top 5 running back they don't have the Saquons the Christian McCaffreys the I dare I say, Joe Mixons of the world. Um, I, I I think the un, the running back position is being a little bit overvalued, and maybe teams are beginning to catch up on that. I know that's a pretty debatable topic, but that's just my what I think.
1: You know, I think part of it is has to do with the contracts because of these top five running backs demanding so much money, they're not like they can't afford the supporting cast to go around these players and. I wouldn't go as far to say that, like, it's not vital, but it's just if these players are going to be greedy, then they better – the teams that have these best – like, these really, really good running backs better try to win a Super Bowl in the first three, four years on their rookie contract, because after that, they're going to be demanding so much money. And you can see that with Zeke. You can see that with so many players who've held out for the big cash. And, you know, I agree with the fact that, like, there's a new kind of – Era coming in in, like as Lamar's Instagram handle is. There's a new era where it's running quarterbacks, and I think that San Francisco has kind of been onto something the last two years where you don't need one dominant running back; you can have several good ones. And the Ravens are trying to do that now. I I think it's going to be coming in with that new running quarterback era.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it it doesn't even have to be running. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't really classify like um, a Mahomes is a mobile quarterback. He can move in the pocket. He and if he has to run, we saw it in the AFC Championship last year with one of the greatest runs in playoff history. Is you know he he can definitely get out of the pocket and move, um, rather than kind of the older string of quarterbacks right now, where you'll get the Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger and yeah. if you want to talk about someone who just retired, Andrew Luck probably we could have put in that category. Um they weren't the most mobile, but you know, they can still like that they're they're a pocket presence. Um yeah. and I think we're kind of seeing that transition from a pocket presence quarterback to, you know, the more electrifying mobile quarterback making throws on the run, running out of the pocket, scrambling. Yeah.
1: And I think it's interesting to that Russell Wilson was kind of the first one to make that hybrid. Like he was he was not as mobile or running as like Lamar or Kyler, but he was kind of a transitional guy where he could do both ends and he could do them well. And I think that from there, it's really progressed into now. Lamar can, can run, I mean, debatably as well as any running back in the entire league. And Kyler, you know, can move quick. So Josh Allen hurtling people. It's, it's really interesting to see how it's changed in the last five or so years. But going back to the Ravens, do you have any hot takes for our game this week?
0: Last week I made a hot take for the Ravens game on our um, Houndway, on our Houndway football podcast about uh, j k Dobbins scoring two touchdowns and actually came true yeah. um, i th- that wasn't the hottest of takes um, but this week my hot take is that it's actually going to be on the defensive side where we didn't get that that much Pass rush, but I did like what I see saw from Tyus Bowser. So I'm going to go with Tyus Bowser has, let's say two sacks and something else, whether that be a interception, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, two sacks and something else.
1: Okay, you know my hot take was uh, Marquise Brown having, I think I said either 150 or 170 yards and a touchdown. He did not do that. He didn't have a touchdown, but he did have a, a, over 100 yards. He 100 yards, and 101 yards. yards. He had a really good game, and um, I'm going to keep it with Hollywood again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two. I, I got Hollywood getting two touchdowns. I think he has a, somewhat of like a Rams-esque game last year where he was just finding the end zone a lot. And then I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to go to the defense. I'm going to say Patrick Queen gets another forced fumble.
0: No, oh, we didn't even talk about Patty Queen. I mean, what I a game! I for him. About that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, he had he had a sack, a forced fumble. He was like, "Yeah, that that was the game."
1: Tackle leader on the team as well.
0: Yep, I mean, and LG Fort's playing well. We got guys like Chuck Clark who need to step it up. And you know, we never really talked about the Earl Thomas departure. Um. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Deshaun yeah, Deshaun Elliott. You know, had a. Pretty solid game besides getting absolutely flattened by Kareem Hunt. Um, You know, I I like the way
1: our secondary is playing. Yeah, I do do too. I think just – I think getting Earl out of there was not something that just suddenly happened. I think it was something that people have been talking about for a little while when the allegations started coming in about what had happened with his wife in this very odd scenario. And just – I think he wasn't a positive – she didn't put off positive vibes in the locker room. The Ravens are all about having fun, but working at the same time. And Earl just always seemed to not be happy, not have a positive outlook on anything. So I think even though it was a loss of talent in a sense, putting the younger Deshaun Elliott in and letting him progress this year alongside a very, very good secondary is not going to hurt us too much. And if, it, if that means that we have a way better attitude in the locker room in general, I'm fine with making that swap.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you always see, and uh, I, I like looking at a lot of the Instagram posts and Twitter feed of a lot of the Ravens players, and they're always like great team win. They're always, um, they're, they're, they're team players. And I'm not sure if Earl really fit that narrative. He wanted to be kind of the Ed Reed type where you could just kind of roam and not really follow the play. And I think that's why a lot of the secondary guys were really getting mad at him because they wanted to run this this defense that where Earl would not really be roaming back there trying to get the pick. And Earl Thomas, I, like he's great. He's maybe a Hall of Famer, but he's no Ed Reed. He's not mm-hmm. going to be flying around the field making those types of plays, um, especially at this point in his career, maybe in Seattle. But I think it really came down to that fact where the Ravens, it's a great organization, but they're all in this together, and Earl Thomas probably not in it with them.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think that's very – true what you pointed out everyone on the team is very selfless like I mean you see it after the game yesterday or on Sunday Lamar is giving Mark um, Andrews all the credit Mark Andrews is giving Lamar all the credit I believe Lamar said Mark Andrews is a top top two tight end and not two and then Mark Andrews said Lamar's the best in the world so you can see that no one's ever trying to take credit like take credit by themselves they're they're saying it's my teammates were there for me Everyone was there for me even like the rookies I remember J.K. Dobbins said Offensive line helped me out so much. The wide receivers are blocking. That's the only reason I got the touch. Yeah.
0: And and you go off and uh, you see, you know, the Ravens sign Walter Payton man of the year, Clias Campbell in the off season, you know, they want guys like that. And, and that, that statement Lamar made about um, Mark Andrews being the number two tight end and not one. Not I honestly too. don't think it's that crazy. Um, I, I think, you know, you can, you can definitely make a case for Kelsey. I, I, Personally, I think Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. But Kittle has not been putting up the numbers that you know we, we think he's actually putting up. He had a very yeah. mediocre year last year. He's a great blocker, sure. Um, but Mark Andrews is something special. He's a wide receiver and a tight end's body. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, just what you're adding on this last thing, like, I agree that George Kittle... He has these, like, explosive plays every once in a while, but Mark Andrews is a way more consistent player, consistently getting touchdowns, consistently getting a lot of yardage, reception. And we we all know it's – between him and Hollywood, it's pretty hard toss-up, but those are Lamar's guys. Like, those are his security blanket all the time. And I think probably the edge would go to Mark Andrews, that he's just always there. And if it's anywhere within, I would say, two feet of his arms, he's going to get there. Like, he, he just finds a way to get the ball every single time.
0: Yeah, and I think that that about wraps it up. We got in our predictions for next week. we both taken the Ravens big over the Texans. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and next week will be a very eventful one. We'll be recapping the Texans game and previewing probably the game of the year, two best teams in the NFL, Ravens and Chiefs. We will see you next time on the Third Period Podcast. Thank you guys for listening.